to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land State Secrets Recruiting Podcast. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this show, one of our recruiting experts, Patrick Mayhorn, tries to keep me, an old man who doesn't know a whole lot about recruiting, up to date on everything that's happening for the future of Ohio State's football and basketball team. Patrick, uh, we're recording this at the end of the 4th of July weekend. There were a ton of fireworks, both literal and figurative. So how was your holiday? Uh, it was pretty good. As it turns out, your approach to following recruiting, which is to not follow it super closely, is probably the uh, the correct one, at least in terms of like getting sleep and not being <laughs> on your phone 24-7 for the entirety of a holiday weekend. Because um, since the last time we recorded, which I believe was June 16th, Ohio State has landed, by my count, uh, nine commitments, including seven in the, the class of 2020. And uh, we're going to roll through all those commitments pretty quickly, talk about you know who these guys are, what they mean to Ohio State, what they mean to the class, and also uh, we're going to brag for approximately 25 minutes about how Ohio State did have it figured out and they were going to land defensive recruits because that's exactly what they did. <laughs> yeah, last time that we, ta- we talked, I think there's only maybe two defensive commitments in the entire class, and since then they've gotten a ton. Uh, anyway, as you said, there have been a ton of commitments since the last time uh, we chatted less than three weeks ago. What has been the biggest one for you out of this list? And then we can kind of go through the other ones and touch on them from there. Well, I think that the, the biggest one, both just speaking of talent and in the class, and also I'm pretty sure he's the physically biggest of this group (laughs) is Darion Henry. Um, He's a guy who Ohio State has been recruiting since like 2017. I mean, he he has been on their radar forever. Really well known as one of the best players in Ohio for several years now. Certainly one of the best talents in Cincinnati for several years now. And Ryan Day has has mentioned it that you know he wants to kind of reassert Ohio State's dominance in Cincinnati. We've seen in years past where you know guys like Jackson Carmen leave for Clemson. We've seen countless countless cincinnati four stars and five stars go to notre dame um we've seen kentucky making inroads there we've seen luke fickle down at cincinnati making inroads there and i I think that when ryan day said at his uh his intro press conference that he really wanted to make an impact in ohio and in cincinnati um i don't think that was fluff i i think that he really does want to you know, kind of make a statement and, and show that Ohio State wants to recruit Cincinnati. And I, I think I saw a, a statistic not too while not too long ago about how like almost a third of Ohio State's class. This might not still be true, but at, at a point, almost a third of Ohio State's class was from Cincinnati. Um, you know, you've got you've got guys like Paris Johnson who are obviously extremely talented, and you know he he reaffirmed his commitment recently as well. But then Darion Henry is right up there. You know, he's a he's a high four star defensive tackle. Yeah. Um, he's the kind two, of guy. Yeah, those two are the top two players in the state of Ohio. Yeah, this and they year. just happen to be on the same team. Yeah, they so. play high school football together. So <laughs> yeah, that's good. that yeah, I, I might have to make my way down to a uh, a Princeton high school game this season because that is. That is a loaded roster. I believe that team also has uh, Jaheim Thomas, who will be almost certainly a, a Power 5 recruit, just not at Ohio State. Um, but Darion Henry is the kind of guy that you really have to have if you want to compete for national championships. You you have to have these dominant defensive tackles, and he's one of them. And I, I think if not him, 
someone like Clark Phillips is going to be really significant. I know that he just put on a, a show at um, the opening this past weekend, a uh, cornerback from, from California, probably due for a rankings bump, and he's already in the 50s. He's uh, He's set to be a really, really good player for Ohio State. And then you've got someone uh, like Cameron Martinez, who I think can play pretty much anywhere. He's a uh, he's a really unique talent, and he's a guy that Ohio State really loves to have yeah. committed. And then Cody Simon, who um, not not to not to carry on for too long, Cody Simon, who kind of you know for Ohio State fans. Uh, who complained about slow linebackers, none more than I did, uh, they're going to love Cody Simon because he can actually run with his uh, legs and he has Achilles and knows how to tackle people. So it's it's good. <laughs> well, let's talk about those last three, uh, especially because at the top, you talked about the fact that the Ohio State recruiting staff knew what they were doing. They were going to get some defensive players. And those three are probably all going to play defense. Obviously, Clark Phillips the third is the 46th ranked player in the country, according to 24-7 Sports Composite rankings um, he is a cornerback you just mentioned uh, Cody Simon who is the 10th ranked outside linebacker in the country the fourth from the state of New Jersey and then there's that interesting player Cameron Martinez who as of now is a high three-star player he is the eighth ranked player coming out of Michigan he was the 2018 Michigan high school football player of the year but he's coming in as an athlete I've seen a lot of conjecture about where he might play I think you tend to see him as a safety right yeah, I, I see him as a safety. He plays pretty much everywhere for his high school. I, I believe he's a quarterback, um, which is, I mean, pretty common when you have a yeah. uh, a high school without a ton of talent, but you have one really, really good player like Cameron Martinez. I know that we saw that um, at my alma mater a couple of years back with Darren Lee, where just, you know, this is the fastest guy on the team, so he's going to play quarterback. Um, but I do think that Cameron Martinez's best position is probably safety. He's not huge. He's 5'11", 180 pounds. Um, and a, a good chunk of his film is on offense. Uh, Ohio State was kind of recruiting him as either a safety or a wide receiver both brian hartline and jeff halfley have done plenty of recruiting here but i i think his best position is probably at safety and i think that that's certainly where he'll start where he finishes at ohio state is still maybe up for grabs but i, I do think that he um he'll get his first shot at, at kind of a free safety role yeah and again not ever a bad thing when you can get the Michigan Football Player of the Year to commit to Ohio no, State. As far not as bad. Concerned. Not, <laughs> not bad is, at all. That is not a bad thing. So he was one of the four commits that happened over the 4th of July uh, holiday weekend, long weekend. Um, the other three were four-star tight end Joe Royer, a three-star linebacker named Mitchell Melton, and then a three-star, uh, I guess, offensive lineman slash center named Josh Fryer. How, how do you think those three players fit into this class? Again, not the sexiest players necessarily, whether it's a tight end or two three-star guys, but definitely come in in positions of need for Ohio State's recruiting class. Well, I, I think that I'll, I'll start with Royer because he is this, – this is a um, – I don't know, maybe a controversial take because he's still sitting at a uh, a composite three-star ranking, 454 in the uh, the national grouping according to uh, 24-7 sports composite. But I think Joe Royer is one of my favorite players in this class. Uh, I, I know that we have – talked for seemingly every offseason about how you know this is the year ohio state's going to use tight ends now they're going to throw to the <laughs> tight ricky end dudley. Since yeah ricky dudley. <laughs> buckeye legend ricky dudley um 
And I said a similar thing a couple years ago when Jeremy Ruckert committed about how, you know, this guy's really good. This guy can this guy can play and he's not just a, a traditional tight end. And I think Joe Royer kind of shows that right away with the fact that he's 6'5", 225. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. there are wide receivers on Ohio State's roster who are roughly that size. I think that uh, Jalen Harris and Benjamin Victor are probably just about that big, if not maybe a little lighter. Um but Joe Royer is a guy who plays wide receiver for his high school and really doesn't have a ton of, you know, traditional tight end stuff going on. He's not a great blocker. Um, he's obviously not enormous, but he's really, really fast and he catches everything thrown at him. And I think that he kind of represents a shift away from the the more Luke Farrell Rashad Berry blocking tight end style that Urban Meyer likes so much. And I, I think that he will serve in, I've made this comparison countless times, but I think he'll serve in kind of that Mark Andrews, Oklahoma tight end role where, you know, Oklahoma uses their tight ends on play action all the time and uses them on post routes as a kind of a vertical 15, 20 yard threat down the field, um, usually in the middle of the field. And I I think that he really fits that role perfectly. And um, of that group that, that committed over the, holiday weekend i think that he is certainly the one that i'm most excited about but you know like you said um josh fryer's a guy who's i mean he's enormous six foot five and a half 305 pounds um really good athlete can play essentially anywhere on the line and i, I think he will probably start at guard could move into center uh at some point as we've seen quite a few guys yeah, do before in the year. past yeah um and then mitchell milton is a guy who a little bit more of a of a traditional linebacker than someone like Cody Simon. He's a little bit of a thumper. Um, I think that he has the uh, the chance to move up to edge rusher. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, or to move inside to middle linebacker. I don't expect he'll stay at outside linebacker. But yeah, it was it was a really good weekend for Ohio State. It's been a really good couple of weeks here for Ohio State. Yeah, I'm gonna have a piece uh, sometime, if not Monday or Tuesday this week. So depending on when this podcast comes out, you might be able to see it already. But I'm gonna run down all of the players who have committed to Ohio State since we turned to June, uh, and just to kind of look at who it's those wild. players are because it is an insane amount of talent. And let's transition to talk about two players that are currently committed to places other than Ohio State. In fact, they're both committed to play for LSU, but there's a lot of rumblings, especially as we get into a lot of these camps, including the opening, that they might be reconsidering their commitments to the Tigers, and those players are cornerback Elias Ricks and wide receiver Rakeem Jarrett. What what the hell's going on here with these two guys, Patrick? Well, these are two very, very familiar faces to Ohio State fans. Rakeem Jarrett for... A really long time seemed like he was an Ohio State lean. Um, he certainly tweeted quite a bit about Ohio State, and um, at the time that he committed to LSU, his his crystal ball on twenty four seven Sports said Ohio State sixty percent. Um, but was, ended he, up, uh, was his commitment perhaps changed because of the coaching change? What what was the timeline of that? Well, he committed to LSU back in April. Um, the the general thought was that he certainly did like Urban Meyer a lot. I think that the coaching change did have an impact. But the other thing to really understand about the the Rakeem Jarrett uh, recruitment specifically is that since January, he took visits to Clemson, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Ole Miss, 
Tennessee again, and then LSU, and he committed the day after his visit to LSU. Um, he also took a visit to Tennessee in June. The trend there is that they're all teams in the South, um, and coaching change or not, Ohio State's not in the South. And I think that that was kind of the thing that 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 did it. Uh, he's from Washington D.C. I think that he did have interest in Ohio State. How much is is hard to say with guys like him, who you know he likes to play the game. Uh, he's he's pretty open about liking to play the game. But I really I think that he wanted to play in the South. He ended up choosing a school in the South, and there has been some drama recently. I think a lot of the drama around these two LSU commitments just starting with Jarrett is the um and I don't know the the extreme details of this I'm not super plugged into LSU football but there was was it rumors of an investigation there was it the announcement of an open investigation there um I remember seeing between that and the basketball program who the hell knows it's hard to say I remember seeing like a uh it was like a CBS article or something about uh, how there are some investigation related to LSU's football recruiting. I'll, I'll have to look into it a little bit further and maybe put together a piece on it at some point. But I, I think that a lot of these rumors are tied to that, tied to the possibility that uh, the NCAA will smack down on LSU, which I uh, would not bank on. I would not expect that to happen because um, I, I don't think that you – it's it's very, very difficult to prove that teams are cheating. It's very difficult to do, especially in recruiting um, in 2019. And I don't think the NCAA really cares that much, and I, I don't think it really matters all that much. Um, so I, I don't expect anything to really come of that. But I do think that that's where uh, a lot of the, the Jarrett rumors come from. On the Rick's front, there's maybe slightly more actual legitimate you know, info to be had on, on his, uh, on his possible flip. He was a guy who I think was more interested in Ohio state before committing to LSU than Jarrett was. Um, he was a guy who actually showed some interest in visiting Ohio state. He, uh, he took a visit to Ohio state last summer when he earned his, uh, his offer back last July. And he has an, uh, an official visit scheduled for November 22nd. And I, I think, yeah, I think that official visit is kind of the thing that people are are holding on to here as, you know, if that official visit goes really well, he could flip. And that's true of pretty much anybody. <laughs> you know, yeah. if if the official visit goes well, he could flip. Like, yeah, that's that's why you schedule official visits. But um <laughs> I, I think anybody that's saying, you know, that they, they have um they have conclusive information. They have definitive information. They know Elias Ricks or Rakeem Jarrett is going to flip. Um, I think they're lying, <laughs> essentially. And there are people who have said that. There are people who are saying, you know, Ohio State leads for Elias Rick, I, I, Ricks. I, I don't think that's true. Um, I'm pretty confident that that's not true. And I, I think that some. Uh, I, I I won't go too deep into this, but I've seen several other recruiting analysts say pretty similar things in maybe less nice ways. But I, I think that the 
the rumors around Elias Ricks are just that when they're rumors at this point. You know, there there are rumblings that he's still interested in Ohio State. I think he does still have interest in Ohio State. Sure. I don't think that means that he will flip, but I mean, Ohio State is certainly still recruiting him. Jeff Halfley would really, really like to have a five star cornerback because um, that's his job. He would really like a five star cornerback, <laughs> and Elias Ricks is an interested five star cornerback, so they're going to keep pushing there. Um, but I think that LSU did a good job with this recruitment. I, I don't think he would have committed if he didn't like LSU, and I think they still lead because of that. Obviously, like I said, if that official visit goes really, really well, he could be a Buckeye. Um, but I think anybody saying that Ohio State leads right now doesn't really know what they're talking about because I don't think they do because if they did, he would have committed to Ohio State. Yeah, and I did see from the opening this past week a ton of Ohio State commitments or a ton of Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, they commits. are they are aware of him. Yes, <laughs> yes, they they talked about him quite a bit, and the fact that they are still recruiting him. And sometimes the best recruiters aren't your coaches; they are Legend your other Legend is is maybe the best recruiter Ohio State has right now. Yes, and and a good reason. I mean, he's a guy who was committed, decommitted, and then recommitted. If he can't sell you on how good the program is, I don't know who can. But um, one player that is committed somewhere other than Ohio State in his as far as I know, there are no rumors of his him changing his mind, is Akron native Damonte Trainum, someone we've talked about before, Patrick. He committed to play for Arizona State? Is it just is it just the Herm factor here? What the hell is going on with a four star <laughs> running back from Ohio going to Arizona State? Well, this was a uh this was a thing that, that created a bit of I don't want to say panic, a bit of concern among Ohio State fans, you know, because it's kind of weird to lose a four-star running back from Ohio to Arizona State. Arizona State is not traditionally a school that you think of as being a uh, a competitor for good. Ohio State targets. Yeah, good also. <laughs> um, but the really the crux of this whole situation and why he ended up choosing Arizona State is that, you know, he was part of that massive two-week span where Ohio State had pretty much every recruit visiting. Um, He took his official visit on June 17th, and um, I think that that visit went pretty well. I I think that, you know, Ohio State rolled out the red carpet like they did for everybody else, and they told him that they wanted him to play linebacker like they had been for this entire cycle. Um, Uh. Yeah, they saw him as primarily a linebacker, and he saw himself as a running back, and Arizona State saw him as a running back who could start as a freshman and ultimately um, the opportunity to play for a coach who has NFL experience, good or bad um, in, you know, Arizona, Tempe, Arizona, yeah. where it's pretty nice. Um, Tempe's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And to start year one at his position of choice, ultimately that was, sure. you know, that was enough. And you, you add on to the fact that, you know, Ohio State doesn't have a great presence in Akron. They have a presence, but Akron is is another one of those areas that's a little bit of a swing city when it comes to Ohio State and a couple other Big Ten teams. I, I do think that, you know, the uh, the past relationship that Ohio State has had with uh, his school specifically, Archbishop Hoban, where, as people may remember, the 2017 class, I think it was, was not great for Ohio State with that school because that's where um, – Danny Clark had gone for a little while, and uh, Ohio State obviously had their relationship with Danny Clark break down a little bit. I believe that's where Todd Sibley went as well, and he ended up flipping to to Pittsburgh after getting kind of pushed out of the class a little bit. And I, I don't think that there are still a ton of hard feelings there because Ryan Day is the head coach now. But there are, you know, that's 
that's still kind of a, a sore subject, I would imagine. And then on top of that, I don't think he wanted to be one of three running backs in this class. And he probably would have been one of three running backs in this class. So ultimately, while you don't really like to lose any recruit, especially not to a school like Arizona State, um, I think this was a situation where Ohio State just had essentially everything working against them, and they still finished second. It's it's really not a not a huge deal. I, I don't think Ohio State is super, super concerned about it. And you play to win the game. So Yeah, you play to win the game. Yeah. Uh, okay, speaking of winning, there are six five or six seven guys that we think could be committing at any point some of them have announced their um when they're going to be committing including some of them still coming up this month some others could drop at any point who are the guys that we have on commitment watch for the next i don't know two three weeks right now i have uh linebacker court williams who has said that he's not entirely sure of a decision yet, but would like to make one before the season starts. Um, I, I do think that he's serious when he says that. I don't think he's just posturing. I, I think he really is conflicted between a couple of the schools left on his board, Ohio State obviously included. Um, we have Jacoby Cowan, who is, a, I think, a little bit of a, a less-talked-about defensive tackle prospect from North Carolina. Um, he's really talented, really talented pass rusher. I think he could commit essentially any time. Um, we have the Arizona duo, safety Lathan Ransom and running back Bijan Robinson. Lathan Ransom has said he wants to commit on his birthday, July 16th. Bijan Robinson could commit at any time this month. I do think it'll be this month. Um, I think both of them are almost certainly going to pick Ohio State at this point. And, unless something changes between now and the end of July, I would imagine Ohio State is the choice for both. Um, I think Ohio State led after both of them took visits this past month, and neither of them, you know, took visits afterward that I think changed their mind. I know Robinson went to Texas and USC the week after visiting Ohio State. I think Ohio State still led after those visits. Um, I believe Ohio State was was uh, Ransom's final visit, and I think it was his best visit, and I think it kind of changed his mind. And let's say if if we lose DeMonte Trainum to Arizona State and in return you get and in yeah. return you get four star <laughs> safety Lathan Ransom and five star running back Bijan Robinson. And four star quarterback Jack Miller. And yeah, and of course Jack Miller, who's already <laughs> a long time commit. Bajan Robinson is the twenty second ranked player in the country. I think you take that trade yeah. and you tell Herm best of luck with DeMonte Trainum. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. I think Ryan Day probably also agrees with that. Um so those two could really be, you know, Pretty much any time this month, Ransom has said 16th is the date, but he's also said that it could be before that because recruits are fun like that. <laughs> um, then there's Mookie Cooper, the slot receiver from Illinois. I think Ohio State's the choice there. He he has said he wants to commit this upcoming week. Um, he, he said he's already informed the school that he chose. And, um, he was pretty making the video after, over the weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty shortly after that, there was a an influx of uh, crystal ball picks for Ohio State, which generally tells you what his choice was when that uh, that kind of situation happens. And then Jalen Knighton, the uh, the running back, I believe we talked about a little bit in the last episode, the uh, Florida receiving back 
has said, I think the 30th off the top of my head, I think he said July 30th for his commitment. I think Ohio State leads right now. Then again, he's a Florida recruit with interest from Florida State and Miami, so it's not going to be over even if he does pick Ohio State. But I do think Ohio State will probably be the pick um, when he announces his commitment later this month. Well, if we thought the last week was busy, it sounds like the rest of this month is just going to be even crazier. We and, love the pre-writes, baby. I know, yeah. <laughs> Good thing we've got our pre-write database going. But, uh, you know, I said this kind of in jest to somebody recently, um, but I, the more I hear about it, the more I'm thinking it might be true. You know, one of the things that a lot of folks have kind of dinged Ryan Day for, not necessarily because he's bad at it, but it's just like, how can somebody come into Ohio State and be as strong of a recruiter as Urban Meyer was. And now I'm starting to wonder, why wasn't Urban Meyer as good of a recruiter as Ryan Day is? And there's a little <laughs> bit of hyperbole in, in there. But like this recruiting class, despite a little bit of a slow start, despite having to convince people of what you are building at Ohio State, is already the fourth ranked class in the country, less than nine points behind LSU for third um, they've got a pair of five stars and maybe a couple more coming. Like this is a legit high level elite class that might be one of the best that Ohio State's had in quite a long time by the time everything is said and done. Yeah, as it turns out, Ryan Day is a uh, a capable football coach who knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, yeah, the the thing with with um, with Day as a recruiter, and we kind of thought that this could be the case, and it ended up being the case, is that he. You know, he's he's kind of taking the Clemson approach. And Ohio State fans don't like to hear the Clemson approach, but um he he's kind of trying to build a, a more for family oriented environment rather than a competition oriented environment, which is what the previous regime kind of focused on. And um that works for different recruits. It, it's I don't think either system is better or worse. Alabama takes the, the competition route, Clemson takes the family route. Um it seems like Ohio State is leading towards the latter. But it it's really just you know it's it's coaching preference it's whichever one fits the coach's personality better and I think that the family approach fits Ryan Day's personality better and he's been showing that that's working pretty well for him they have a ton of guys with experience on the staff they're leaning on that experience they're leaning on the fact that everybody at Ohio State seems to be pretty happy at Ohio State and <laughs> showing recruits you know like hey our players go to the NFL and they're really happy here and they get better when they're here and um that's working really well that's that's been the approach i think it will continue to be the approach and i think it will continue working really well yeah and not for nothing it's very very early for the 2021 class but Ohio State is already third in those rankings despite the fact that they are like 51 points behind Miami, they actually have the highest rating per player. Miami has 10 commits already, but six of they them are that, three yeah. stars. Yeah, that's a very Miami thing. <laughs> All to of do. those guys will decommit four times before they sign. <laughs> so Ohio State is currently third behind Miami and Notre Dame, but has the highest per player ranking there. So whether it's the 2020 season or 2021, things are looking very good for Ryan Day in the Ohio State recruiting staff. Uh, and hopefully, knock on wood, that will continue uh, for the foreseeable future. And when and if it does, 
uh, we'll be here to tell you about it. So thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land State Secrets Recruiting Podcast. If you are finding the show on the site, make sure that you subscribe in order to get all of the ever-expanding LGHL Podcast Universe offerings, including this show, along with The Mothership, Hang Out in the Holy Land with Patrick and Colton, which I guess you guys are probably going to be going to uh, twice a week here soon, aren't you? Yeah, we're getting we're getting real close. We have been completely ignoring all Ohio State related news for like three months as we run through our yeah, uh, best games, our yeah our best games list. But um, yeah, we're we're gonna be getting up there pretty soon. I mean, we're we're about a month out from fall practice, a little bit less than that, and we're gonna be getting pretty close to schedule preview season. Getting pretty close to um, you know previews dropping on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, recaps dropping on sunday or monday uh we're, we're getting real real close to to back into the swing of things in in the words of good old jr business is about to pick up so don't forget to follow land grant holy land on twitter at land grant 33 and you can find me on twitter and instagram at bww matt and patrick on twitter at patrick underscore mayhorn thanks for listening we'll talk to you again soon and go bucks